0: know a lot about golf.
1: Well, we're waiting. It
0: is time for us, us being those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith in the mobile studio. Otherwise known as a car. With a special guest, Kelly Stencil. Kelly, thanks for coming back. Oh,
2: you know, I like abuse. Like I said before, I've got a 14-year-old son. I'm getting really good at it. So, and I, love to talk, I love to talk golf, and maybe we'll help somebody out there. So that's always that kind of added benefit. But I'm I'm excited and looking forward to chatting some golf.
0: I mean, two of the provable best 100 teachers on the show right now. Jeff Smith?
3: You know, when you think about it, I feel so fortunate to be considered part of that group. Kelly's been a part of that group for an awful long time. And in every place you look, you can find Kelly helping people play better golf in print, in social media, in electronic media, it's it's amazing how she stays out there as much as she does. It's
0: fantastic, you know. Well, we've we've had her on so, a few it, times, and she has imparted uh, great wisdom to us. I read a, a a quote today. I just want to start off by giving you the quote and seeing if if you guys want to react to it. But uh, this is from a, a two-time British amateur champion. And he said, "If profanity influenced the flight of the golf ball, the game would be played much better than it is."
3: <laughs> That's my reaction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like it. That's
3: funny. Yeah,
2: I think it's just part of the game. It's funny because you know people will swear around me, and sometimes they feel a little bit funny with it. Maybe being female. Like, listen, I am a golf instructor in the golf business. If you think swearing is going to bother me, you got another thing coming.
0: And she's yeah, also would, a golfer. If yeah. you think she hasn't said those words, yeah. you're crazy.
2: <laughs> so for whatever, you know, it's just, it's just part of it. I get it. You know, it's that like good shot, good person, bad shot, bad person. Like you had a great shot. The grass is greener. The sun is brighter. You had a bad shot. It can be so frustrating, you know, like golf's a picky game. It doesn't make a it doesn't take a big mistake to make a big error. So I get it. It's I've played since I was three. It's it beats you up a little bit.
3: You know, a lot of times in golf lessons, Kelly knows this as well as anybody. You know, here comes a good, you know, a couple of good shots in a row and then bang, here comes one that's just a stinker. And the instant reaction is to just vent immediately. And I just encourage it. Yeah, before that ball hits its apex of its flight, if there really is one, let's get rid of that and then move on to the next one. Whatever those words are, feel free. But there's only one that I can't handle—just one. Oops, I'm not a fan because I know where that word came from. Because that one's, you know, born out of fear. Like, oh, geez, oh, crap, I can't do that. I didn't want to do that because that tells me that that person is, um, you know, afraid to make a mistake, and that's the wrong mentality. I'd much rather hear all those other ones. If they're frustrated because they hit a stinker, I'd rather hear them blurt that out. And they kind of look at me like, okay. And the whole lesson goes better.
2: I don't think I've heard oops very often. And it's funny because, you know, having played golf my whole life and varying degrees of success or not, I think there was a point where I realized like, I'm just not so great and I needed to get over myself a little bit. And I have almost like a different attitude. Like if I hit it pretty solidly and it goes like a little crooked or it goes somewhere I don't want it to, I'm just going to go get it. And yeah. I'm going to go through it again. And it took me some time to get to that. But I'll kind of refer back to my 14-year-old son. That's definitely, he's not there yet. This
0: is one well, of the first times <laughs> I right. played with Jeff. Uh, I think I said, oops. No, it was oh, a yeah. word that I can't repeat here. But it was it was a, a, a fairway wood on a par five. And it chunked it or topped it or did something to it. And it it got about three inches off the ground and went about maybe 50 yards. As I was berating myself, Jeff just said, Is it closer to the green? Yeah. He said, then shut up and let's move on.
3: (laughs) That's good. I think I said something along the lines of uh, you're not good enough to be mad.
2: (laughs) I think all golf instructors have said that at some point. And usually that's after a little frustration, like really? Yeah. Yeah. You're not that good. You know, like the reality and golf's hard. It's, it's a tough game.
0: It is. And I think that the, the TV people do a disservice to many of us golfers by only showing the epitome of greatness. You don't see the good guys screw it up.
3: You know, we watch televised golf and we're watching a highlight reel, but nobody knows that. They're not showing the people who are around there stinking it up that last round. They're only mm. showing the last group and they're not going to show the guy who's stinking it up in the last group.
0: Oh, no. And he, but you But you know, too, when the last group is on hole number one and suddenly they cut to the 18th green to show somebody you've never heard of attempting a 42-foot yeah. putt, you know he's going to make it. Right. Or they wouldn't right. have bothered to get Mr. Nobody right. on TV. So
2: remember when the weather was really bad at TPC though, and they were all making like a million on number 17. Do you remember that? Yeah,
3: yeah, It was like crazy
2: windy. Like that was fun to watch. Like, cause you could relate to it a little bit. Like it was, it was like the impossible. It's a hard hole anyway, but it was like the impossible with a win. I mean, the best players in the world were, were really struggling. I'm like, It was so good for people to see.
3: I agree with that. You know, you can pull up on YouTube PGA Tour blooper reels. And sometimes when I get a class and I'll say, "Okay, let's let's have a little fun and understand that the best players in the world, sometimes it's a mess. And I'll pull up the PGA Tour blooper reels on YouTube and I'll say, now, let's not get too uppity here. Let's not think that we have to be perfect because golf is a really tough game on perfectionists with some of the players that I work with, you know, that these high school players that I work with a lot and the college players who think that everything has to be good because they have no perspective on life because they've only lived a handful of years and they don't have any real life responsibility. So the most important thing to them is getting that college scholarship or playing division one or whatever the heck they think they have to do. And they think that every breath they take is going to crash and burn that dream. Right. So I sit there and I go, okay, if your level of, uh, Expectation is really high, and your level of proficiency or practice to get to that point isn't as high. Everything in between is just, you know, I, it's general frustration. Uh, that's the nicest way to put that, because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just and, angry with yourself.
0: And 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 it it there are different degrees. I mean, I I have a friend who is a, a professional golfer or a golf professional. Yeah, golf professional. And, you know, he, his dad was a teacher and his brother was a teacher and he's been playing golf. They, he used to say they took him to the Louisville country club when he was five years old and dropped him off every day. That was, that was what they did for him for his entire life. And, um, you know, he, he was looking for a scholarship to, you know, like Wake Forest or someplace like that. And he, the yeah. only offer he got was from the University of New Mexico. And he was very bummed out because who had ever heard of a golfer from the University of New Mexico? But he went and yep. um, um, a very successful and I, I'm sorry, I apologize for bringing it up because a very successful PGA Tour player whose name I can't remember at the moment. I remembered it when I started this conversation, but anyhow, it was his roommate and played golf with oh. him. Um, yeah. Uh, well, look it up. Last, last yeah. name was on a set of golf clubs, too. It wasn't him. It was his. Uh, uh, Tommy armor. Oh, oh, really? Tommy oh. armor. The third, is it? Yeah. Yeah. That was his roommate university of New Mexico. So, so, but again, yeah. you, you know, he, he got his division one scholarship, but it just wasn't good enough.
2: Oh, oh. that's too bad. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. sounds pretty good <laughs> too to bad.
3: me. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. I, you know, look, if, if you're the, the kids that are out there, that are listening to the show, if you're really good enough to go play college golf, you're one of the top, I think five, six, or seven percent—I forget what the number is. It's really small it's, of all yeah, the high it's, school it's kids that are out there. It's Lower than that, I think.
2: Yeah, it's like yeah. It's super low, and like, and they show different sports. It's it's crazy. It, it is crazy, and they think
3: that they have to be the one. You know, I got a lot of kids. You know, when I'm teaching in Indiana, they're all thinking they're going to go to a Big Ten school, and they all think they're going to Division One, and they're all going to think of that. And I'm like, well, let's let's talk about what that really is, too. Do you really want to go? Try to go to a school that you might not be good enough to actually go play in the tournament, in which, which case you're spending an awful lot of time, effort, and energy to carry a bag that you're not really carrying except in a practice round at your home course while the other five are going off to play in real competition. Yeah. How are you thinking about that? Yeah, <laughs> It's a tough deal.
0: Well, who is it? Uh, we, we've we had a, a another friend of yours on uh, repeatedly who opted for a D3 school to play golf at. Yeah. And did quite well, yeah. was a champion. Yeah. It's, it's just a matter
3: of saying, all right, what do I want out of my college golf experience if I get that? Mm-hmm. All right, where Where is this? Am I going to take it professional golf or am I you know, going to go off into the world and go do something else with my life and my career? Um, then you might want to consider your options on school. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you went to a great golf school. You went to a great school, period, at Furman. But that is widely known as a, really terrific golf program for years and years. Um, yeah, what was your it. experience like when you went there?
2: Well, it's interesting because I really wasn't very good getting there, to be honest with you. I had won the New York state junior, like age 17. And, you know, there were a couple of girls from Western New York that were going there. So when I looked at schools, I looked at mostly in the Carolinas cause I wanted to get out of Western New York and yeah. it was, Of the schools that I looked at, it was the best academic school by a bit, not that the Uh other ones weren't pretty good. And I liked the size of it. It was kind of smaller. And we had a great coach. We had Mick Potter as our coach. He was like an amazing coach. And a couple of the other schools that I looked at, the coaches didn't like to fly. They played locally. And I really wanted to kind of get out and see the world a little bit from Western New York. And when I went to Furman, I didn't have any scholarship my freshman year. And we had a lot of good players. We had Cindy Davis, who was there, who ended up being the president of Nike. You know, we had a lot of lot of tour players that you know came in ahead of me. Sarah and Tim's McGetrick, she was there. Denise Baldwin. You know, I played with Dottie. I played with um, Maggie Will. You know, there were a lot of good players, and I I just got a lot better. I um, got a wonderful education. I. Mm-hmm can outwork almost everybody. So by my senior year I had a full scholarship and we finished we finished second in the nation my senior year. We very easily could have won and unfortunately we didn't. But for me it was a perfect match as far as academic and golf wise. It was just a nice little school. It was a mm-hmm. different part of the country. The you know like the southern accents and everybody was so polite. It was it was a wonderful change for me. So yeah, from Western yeah. New York. Yeah. yeah, it was very different. That, that yeah. whole
0: politeness thing is a big yeah. difference from anybody from New York. I, well,
2: I don't know. Geneva, New York, people are very nice. A lot of a lot of <laughs> Italian Catholics. I think I was like the only German in Geneva, but, um, <laughs> but I love German. It yep. was really nice. Yeah. OK, well, we're
0: going to talk some more with uh, two of the best golf instructors in the world, uh, Kelly and Jeff. And we are those weekend golf guys. And we'll be right back. So you hang out where you are right there. Don't move. Just prior to us going on the air this evening, I saw you. You were eating what beefaroni? Is that what you? How did you know it was beefaroni? (laughs) What are we having for lunch? We're having beefaroni. That's exactly what it was. I want to tell you about something, man. We've got a new sponsor coming back that you really need to check into, Jeff, because I know you're 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 out there by yourself for a couple of months, and you're probably missing the home cooking. Have you heard of Hello Fresh? I have
3: heard of HelloFresh. As a matter of fact, I looked into buying some of that stuff. Do
0: it. Because all you have to do is just get with them. They've got so many different choices, so many different kinds of meals. You can do, you know, no meat. You can do vegan. You can do gluten-free. You can do paleo. You can do whatever you want to do. And everything have will be wholesome, homemade, and there's just enough time for you to get it done 15 minutes, 15 minutes, and you can enjoy a fresh, satisfying meal made in your own kitchen. That place you have there came with a kitchen, did it not?
3: It it has a kitchen. (laughs) I don't use it. I mean, I, there's a the microwave, right? I'm, I'm Mr. Heat and Eat anyway. You know, get on the HelloFresh
0: thing, have it shown up at my doorstep, and I'm good to go. That's right. I mean, his life is busy. He's on the, the course. He's on the practice tee. He's on the lesson tee until it's time to go home. He goes home. He's tired. He's hot. For 15 minutes for a good home-cooked meal? I yeah. mean, come on, right? This is what you can do, Jeff, and this is what our listeners can do. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash 50weekend. And use the code 50WEEKEND. You'll get 50% off plus free shipping. Wow. HelloFresh.com slash 50WEEKEND. Use the code 50WEEKEND. 50% off plus free shipping. Uh And thanks for hanging. We have come back. You know, a a lot of the people who listen to us uh, are either burgeoning golfers who are getting interested in being good enough to get to a school or get onto a tour. Uh, And there are a lot of tours these days. You don't have to be the PGA Tour. I'm older than both you guys. Probably I'm older than both you guys put together. When I was in school, golf was what you played if you had no athletic ability and couldn't play any other sport.
3: I kind of remember that, you know, I remember when my days in high school, our high school didn't even have a golf team. Mm -hmm. It was a golf club. It was one of those things where that theme was still kind of there. It wasn't my school because golf wasn't even a school sponsored thing. So I was running track and playing baseball and soccer and football and basketball and wrestling. And those were my athletics was just filled up with that. And so there was no high school golf. So there was no college golf for me Mm -hmm. because it just wasn't a thing. I remember it was sort of viewed that way back then in my world. Kelly, did you find that to be true? You grew up at a little different time, I think. What was it like for you?
2: You know, I grew up, like I said, I grew up in Western New York and, you know, we had like a high school golf team. It was, you know, I played on the boys team and I was The only female, which was fine, you know, welcome to the world, you know, and we were pretty decent. Like we had some, some good players, but like you, like you did, we all played other sports. You know, i played volleyball and, you know, I skied a little bit, you know, I played tennis, you know, so it was just one of many sports. It just happened to be kind of the one I liked the best, you know, it's certainly not the way it is today where it's, you know, super athletic and, you know, you see, you, you know, we're down in Jupiter, Florida here where we've got a ton of tour players, guys are big and athletic and the women also they're in amazing amazing shape it's a different beast here they are fire at all cylinders that's why these distances are just kind of crazy
0: yeah Yeah. i went to high school in new york too it's just new york city okay so i was in southern new york i don't even think they had a golf club there was like two of my friends played golf uh and not neither of them well you know it was just something golf in the city
2: is tough it really is it's true it
0: is yeah there's there's you know you have to schlep your golf clubs on the bus and the subway yeah and i was on staten island so i wasn't going on a ferry to try to you know play golf it was very difficult i think staten island had two golf courses in the entire borough while i was in high school the beatles broke up so you know you can just place it well wow. on the on the timeline that way if you like to I think you're right with your age comment
3: earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are. Now that you're keep throwing that out there. Hey, you know what? Kelly mentioned something just a moment ago that, that I want to bring up again. She just mentioned about the, the level of athletes that we're seeing right now in the professional game. Mm. And we're seeing it in the college game and the high school game. Everybody likes to you know, say, oh, everybody's hitting the ball too long, and it's the ball, and it's the ball, and it's this, it's that. So, no, it's the athlete, I guarantee you. If you give one of today's athletes 25 years ago's golf ball and golf equipment, it's still going farther than what you and I could possibly dream about hitting it anyway. Yeah. Athletes are the true – it's unbelievable. Kelly and I travel in some circles educationally um, where we're studying all the time about what these – people are doing for their bodies and how they're building them strong and how they're making them explosive. I'm doing a lot with force plates and ground reaction and how we can produce more and how I can get more out of a human being right now than ever. And it's just crazy that this is the level of, of human we're talking about. Now, these people down, like Kelly mentioned, the ones down in Jupiter, Kelly, where do you see a lot of these people training? Are they bringing in personal physio trainers, or are they going to specific places down there?
2: Yeah, there's some specific gyms down here. I mean, that are really kind of geared toward that. You know, there's several really great gyms in the area. So, so I think you know, and obviously the high level probably have their own gym in their house, so they're doing that. But it was interesting. We watched Kyle Berkshire break the ball speed record down here, and there's somebody right. you know. Firing on all cylinders, obviously physically, but just the things that he did to kind of create, like, I would call it stress, stress in his body to get to this, I think it was like 236.2, I want to say it was the ball speed. It was like crazy, Mm -hmm. but like he, you know, like caffeinates the heck out of himself, gets his heart rate up like crazy, you know, and the training that he's doing is, you know, it's some technique, but it's, you know, everything just... It was amazing to watch. He's an interesting yes, guy is. as well. Very smart guy.
3: Well, interestingly enough, I have conversations with some other golf professional friends of mine, John Dunegan being a good friend. And we talk about this sort of thing a lot where here we are, people are coming to us to teach them movements on how they can produce an awful lot of club head speed and ball speed, but yet, we still have the responsibility as teachers to do no harm right. and there's an awful lot of that that I, I'm awfully wary about because people come to me knowing that one of the things that I do is produce more speed and everybody wants more and more and I have to be judicious about this because here it is, they're looking at the the Kyle Berkshires of the world, the Justin Thomases of the world, where they see a slight build and booming drives. And they're like, you've got to get me to do that. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Let's understand a couple things. These professional athletes are much like professional athletes in football and in hockey and in baseball and in basketball, where they are overstressing their bodies and they are sacrificing certain body parts because of the violence that it creates the mm-hmm. you know the the acceleration and the slamming on of the brakes so to speak all within a millisecond of each other and it's such a violent thing there's some body parts that are going to pay the price and a lot of people are asking me to help do that and I have to step back and go wait a minute i'm not going to do anything that harms you as a player but there these professional athletes are doing it for fame and fortune and we know that that's a short lived thing and um, yeah. it's, it's a difficult topic. John and I talk about it quite a bit. Some of the other fellas that I, that I kind of run with a little bit in this, in this idea of building speed is um, we, we have to be awfully careful of what we're doing because we're not dealing with world-class, world-class athletes that are actually building their body in the right way to withstand that. So sometimes you build the body that can produce that, but it also has to withstand the damage that you're about to inflict upon it. So it's a difficult thing sometimes.
2: Yeah. I mean, like you're right in my wheelhouse and listen, I teach in Palm Beach, Florida. So I've got, you know, a lot of older clientele and I teach a ton of women. So, you know, like, and I'm not a teacher that I'm going to send them to the gym and work out for four months and then come back to me. I want to make them better in, you know, like a minute. Does, you know, that golf yeah. school training where it's like that ADD, I'm going to make it better in a minute. You right. Probably can. But, you know, what's really fun is you can learn to generate a ton of speed just getting a lot better with your hands and your wrists. You know, like take like a kind of average, you know, Palm Beach older gentleman who was young and strong at one point and could fake, you know, bad technique because they were strong enough and they just faked it and then right. they get a little bit older and their game starts to struggle and they're not hitting it as well and they can't fake it anymore well i know like if i can kind of get ahead of it and i can just make so, sure their setup is kind of reasonable and then get them to be really good with their hands and wrists mm. you know cuz they're not going to be able to turn as far you know they they may not have any separation you know, but if I can get them where they can basically just get really good, you know, turn that club over and swoosh it, get really good with your wrists. They maybe never used their wrist before. They were strong enough upper body wise. I, I They faked it for a ton of years. Well, let's get ahead of it and let's, you know, get you set up reasonably well. So the ball gets in the way, but without a ton of turn and without a lot of separation and, you know without a lot of ground force, they're pretty good with their hands. They might be surprised they can gain distance. I mean, I've got a 90-some-year-old, and, you know, he's a decent golfer, but he still hits it over 220, but that's because I've been teaching him for the last, like, 10 or 15 years, and we got ahead of it before he couldn't hit it out of his shadow.
3: Yeah, and that's a good thing. At Eagle Springs, you know, I've got a, a wide variety, and I've got some players that are upper 70s, that are looking for more and the first place I go is to find out what their body is capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And then I say, okay, here's the pieces that we can do to move the club faster. And I start talking about their hands and arms. And then I start talking about their chest and then I start doing the ground stuff because I even listen, I I give them, I, I, you know, I take a couple of alignment sticks. I take four of them and I tape them together and I put a golf grip on it and I let them whoosh it through the air. Because then they can, you know, because we used to do this by flipping our club upside down, but it doesn't whoosh very loudly because there's rubber on the other end, and then mm. you're holding on with the head behind your, you know, the head behind your hands, and you're holding on to this teeny weeny little shaft. So I just took four alignment sticks and um, and taped them together, put a grip on them, and they're whooshing and they're listening to the feedback of how loud and fast they can do it with just their hands and arms, and they are stunned at how much faster they can hear this thing moving and I'm saying, okay, now let's get that moving fast, you know, out by the left leg, out by your front leg. Let's see how loud we can make it over there. And next thing you know, I've got them hitting it so much farther than they thought they could. And I haven't even introduced anything else. And you haven't put something
0: heavier in their hands either to, to, no, to do that. No, four line of sticks is, yeah,
3: is lighter than their sandwich.
0: Exactly. We've got, uh, let's get more conversations about how, how us older folks. We've talked enough about the young people, lot the older folks can uh, benefit a little bit, get a little faster and a little more better when we come right back. We can those weekend golf guys. Don't go away. If your company stayed open during COVID, I have some great news for you. Government funds are available to reward companies who stayed open during the challenging time. Now, this is not a loan and you do not have to pay it back. Your hard work to stay open could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at covidpayment.com. You heard that correct, up to $26,000 per employee. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the tax experts at covidpayment.com. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work and share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify including those who took PPP loans. If you have five or more employees, let COVIDpayment.com help get you up to $26,000 per employee. Visit COVIDpayment.com. That's COVIDpayment.com. COVIDpayment.com. And welcome back to those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in the studio. The mobile studio has Jeff Smith, the Jupiter, Florida studio, the satellite studio. <laughs>
2: Perfect.
0: Yeah. Kelly Stenzel, thanks for joining us again here. And uh, we haven't picked on you very badly yet. We're going to have to get into that a little more as Quite we go so on. Far, I, know. I know you've been waiting for it. You're <laughs> all prepared, all dressed <laughs> up, and nowhere to go. Have you ever had a guy an, an old, or a woman, an, an older student come in? And want to do something that you know physically they couldn't handle
2: <laughs> daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I must get more difficult students than I do. I, my students are generally pretty easy. And I, I always kind of joke about it because, like, the really difficult students, they're not coming to me okay. until they're desperate. And, you know, like, whether it's the female thing or whatever, you know, like, I'm not afraid to talk about that. I know like the really difficult people by the time they get to me, they've been through everybody else. And, and I'm, I might let them struggle for a couple of minutes, you know, like how desperate are you? Because (laughs) if you're struggling, you're probably going to listen, you know? So I, I don't, I don't get too many difficult ones.
3: That happened to me mostly when I was in Indiana, just based on certain things um, they'd go to the guy who was the closest to them. Mm-hmm. or the teacher who was closest to them, you know, and then they would kind of branch out and then they'd reach out to me. And I had one guy said, I've been to eight teachers in Indiana. You're the ninth. And I'm sitting there. My first thought was, I wonder who's going to be the 10th. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. He says, I've been holding off on coming to you because I just didn't want to drive two hours and pay your fee. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And without saying what I really wanted to say, like, well, how's that been working out for you? I already knew because he was there. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. The, the thought is that I have is like, okay, so here you are. And if you're struggling to do something, I, first question, I'd say, well, is it possible that you're not even physically built to do what you're trying to do? Mm-hmm. Because maybe there's a big disconnect between your desire and what your body says you can repeat because we can all pull it off once or twice, whatever the thing is. But can we repeat that? And does it have any power? And uh, they kind of look at me like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, why don't I test a couple things on your body to find out how it works before we even have a conversation about it? Half the time, there's two or three things that says the stuff they're trying to accomplish is going to be hard for them. And I'll give them something that's a little bit easier to accomplish because I'll just say, hey, okay, if the club speeds up and you're still at the center of the face and the ball launches well and it. Got the right height and the right spin, and the right distance, what do we, why would you care which way that was? I said, but if we can make it better, why wouldn't we do that and then stop trying to do something that you see on TV?
0: That's again and get back to that's the problem, is, is we're exposed only to the best on TV, and we think that's the norm.
3: The thing that I see a lot now, you know, Kelly you see this a ton is the bowing of the the lead wrist, you know, they're doing something to to curve that to curl that wrist and i'm sitting there thinking to myself how many of these amateur players that are going to try this now to because they're trying to deal off the club a little bit or how whatever reason they're trying to do it how many of them are going to hurt themselves doing that
2: a lot and I it always makes me a little nutty when i see golf lessons being given and they're trying to manipulate wrist positions because yeah, yeah. if you fix the grip The wrist position will be correct for that particular person. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to get injured. Like if you want the wrist flatter and you want the club a little more close, just strengthen the grip and then.
3: It's really not hard.
2: Right. Or vice versa, you know, like, oh, you need to open the face on the backswing. Well, no, not if your grip is correct. Your grip is correct. Your club face is going to be correct throughout your entire golf swing. And if you've got to manipulate it, you're probably going to get hurt. It makes me yeah. great.
3: It, it does. I sit there and I scratch my head and go, why would you want to go through that?
2: Let's just think it's about the time. Like that golf swing yeah.
3: You're like, wait a second. You know, I, I'll, i I'll get their camera. I'll get my camera out. You know, I use iPad and I use, and then it's got a, in the, the analysis pieces that we like to use, mine's got a clock, a digital timer. And so I, I say, You know, I'll just stop it at the top of their swing right at the transition, and I'll start the timer and I'll go down to impact. Invariably, this thing takes in the the men, it's somewhere between a third of a second and a quarter of a second. And the old people that I work with, it's about a third of a second.
0: We can't hear you, Jeff. Do something, Jeff. Fix it, Jeff. (laughs) Okay, you'll excuse the interruption here, but I I need to jump in and explain that maybe one of the eagles that Je- uh, maybe one of the eagles that Jeff is so fond of watching circle around his golf course out there in Colorado got too close and the signal bounced off but for some reason for a few moments we lost Jeff. So we have some time to fill here. and I will do that now and I will I will take this opportunity to tell a joke. A golf joke, but a joke nonetheless. It seems that Martin and his wife, Debbie, walk into a dentist's office, and Martin says to the dentist, Doc, I'm in one heck of a hurry. I have three buddies sitting out in my car waiting for us to go play golf, so I forget about the anesthetic. I don't have time for the gums to get numb. I just want you to pull the tooth and be done with it. Today's Friday, and we have a 10 a.m. tea time at the best golf course in town, and it's 9.15 already. And the dentist thought to himself, wow, this is surely a very brave guy asking to have a tooth pulled without using anything to kill the pain. So the dentist asked Martin, sure, which tooth is it, sir? Martin turned to his wife and said, open your mouth and show him, dear. Now back to our regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, you're aligned perfectly. You're looking beautiful, man. Just I can't hear you.
2: You must have hit a mute because your red microphone thing's on.
0: Oh, yeah, you muted yourself. Now the bottom of your screen, and I've got it so as how, loud
3: as I can get it on my phone. My
2: earbud just went dead.
0: Okay. So anyway, that's you know I hate I hate technology, but anyhow, where were we? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So it's hard. It's it's hard when people like when 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 we used to watch. Was it Matthew Wolf? Was that his name? Guy that had that funky hitch in his
2: swing. And, oh, I think and, that was on. I think that was kind of planned. I don't think that was a hitch. They they practiced. Yeah, well, he d- he did it yeah. on purpose, but it, it yeah. looked like a
0: hitch. But, but then everybody's, you know, not everybody, but oh. a lot of guys said it works for him. I'm going to try that. Yeah. And it's like no, do it your way. Don't do it that way. And you know, go get lessons. Go to somebody like Kelly or a Jeff, somebody that knows. You know. I have again, I got about fourteen emails this week telling me the the swing I should have learned, or oh, this yeah. this is the swing you need to know or you know how to hit it two hundred yards longer than you already do. These people could sell anything right I know man well, it's because we people will buy anything it's like there's hope, yeah, this is gonna work. I'm not going to take a lesson, but I'll. That's like my brother-in-law. He'll never take a lesson, but he'll 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 spend three hundred dollars on a new club every time somebody promises he can hit it farther with this club.
2: Well, it's funny because I I think yeah, sometimes I think people don't think they should take lessons from better teachers. And listen, I get it. Like it can be, it's more expensive. Yeah, but you know, I'm a great believer, and you get what you pay for, and you know, like. I love when I have brand new golfers, I Mm. love starting golfers. And they they think, well, why would you want to teach a beginner? I'm like, because I'm going to set you up really well. And that little golf ball is going to get in the way and it's going to go nice and straight. And if it's a little too expensive, you can just bring a friend and we'll split the cost. Like, People should not be afraid to go to the top teachers, no matter how beginner they are. Yeah. I mean, and granted, you know, maybe some of the tour tour teachers probably aren't going to take a beginner, but there are plenty of top teachers who who will, yeah. for sure.
0: In fact, just leaf through the latest edition of Golf Magazine. There's probably about 100 of them there from which you could choose. Or maybe yeah.
2: 95. <laughs> a good, and it's the teachers to watch also. You know, you've got a nice yeah. young crew of of teachers to watch that have been, you know, very specifically picked. And, and those are kind of the up and comers. And they're also, you know, um, amazing teachers in our kind of our network. We probably got pretty close to 200 between Hall of Fame and Lifetime Achievement and Active Top 100 and teachers to watch. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a and, group that well, is amazing really? and a group that cares.
0: And you know you you've got them all over the place too. They're not just all concentrated in Arizona and Florida. That's
2: true. There are
0: some in Indiana, now and again.
3: You know, (laughs) I'm not there much anymore, Um, but I like it there. Right? (laughs) My house
0: is there. My wife is there.
3: My dog is there. (laughs) Got a place that I can teach there when I'm there. It's great.
0: Yeah, works Um, out well for you.
3: Yeah, but boy, these four months that I get to spend in Colorado sure sure aren't making me homesick. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And that's coming to an end all too quickly too, isn't it, buddy? Oh, don't even start. Don't September. even start. I'm already getting irritated about
0: that. I got a month already. Left. Yeah,
3: yeah it's
2: pretty special out there. I was I was out in Wyoming, at, taught at Shooting Star for a couple of weeks, and then went up to the Yellowstone Club with Eric Johnson and did some golf schools up there at the Yellowstone Club. And it is, it's the best. The people are amazing. The clubs are great. It's a really special, special summer for us.
3: Yeah, I you mean, you look around and everything, out. you know, Kelly, I keep looking around and every day. Yeah, I was out here last summer and every day this summer, you know, I I, I push the the button to open up the big garage door on the studio and I just stand back and I let that thing go up and I just look straight out. And every day I'm in awe and I say the same thing every day. That is not a cornfield. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they aren't. (laughs) Uh, We've got more time together with all of us. We'll be right back. You hang out, too. We are those Weekend Golf Guys.
1: Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home, and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. Call for closure protection services now at 800 500 2021. 800 500 2021. That's 800 500 2021.
0: Well, of course, we have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash golf guys. Go there and follow us. Like us, please. And we have plenty of time together yet here. I'm John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith in the mobile studio. Kelly Stenzel down there in Jupiter, Florida. We collectively known as those weekend golf guys. And Kelly, let me ask, the the numbers break down 78% men, 22% women playing golf. Is it because we're mean and nasty and we don't like women playing with us? Or how how do we get more women to play or do we need to?
2: I don't know. I I thought it was a little bit higher than that, but... Oh, you could a, be right.
0: Maybe five-year-old statistics, but...
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, there's a bit of a myth. I think that women think it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of scares them. You know, I think if there's, you know, programming that's a little shorter, you know, group instruction, women love group instruction. You know, they get to kind of come with their friends. I think, you know, facilities can also have like maybe the women's instruction at the same time that there's junior programs, you know, mm-hmm. because by the time you you've got children by the time you pay for your golf instruction and a babysitter gets a little expensive. I know like I play a lot of tennis and when my son was younger, I could take him and he could do the junior tennis clinic while I did the adult clinic. And that was great. I mean, that was kind of perfect for me. So, but I think you're just seeing a lot of women really getting into it. Like I go to the golf courses and there's tons of women kind of, at least where I am, you know, I. It doesn't come across that way, but I think the more we can spread the message that it doesn't have to take all day, you know, that you can go, you know, play like a par three course. Like I teach Mm -hmm. it, you know, Palm Beach par three, you know, it takes like an hour and a half to play. It's right on the ocean. You can have a margarita while you play if you want, you know, it's, you know, it's fun too. So I think the more we tell that message, the more women will get into it.
0: I have noticed more women. I live about half a mile from a country club here in town. And whenever I drive by, I see there are more and more women playing and, and they, they are playing in groups of women. I have often seen, you know, like one or two women in a foursome uh, with couples playing or whatever, but now there seem to be more exclusive foursomes of women playing. And it's, it's good to see more women in the, uh, and again, the, the, I guess, you know, you get, you get female college golf on TV now. It gets a lot more attractive and probably gets a lot more people anxious to try to emulate or go out and say, Hey, if they can do it, that looks like fun. Maybe I should try.
2: Yeah, I think the LPGA does a nice job they had a program called invite her where you would invite another woman to play. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of getting out there. I think trying to relate to these college golfers, I think that's, I can't even relate. They hit it so far. So oh, I know Um, let alone, you know, <laughs> I think like making it like, it's funny. I, I have a group of women that I play in a lot of charity events with and um, not particularly great golfers, but we have a ton of fun. But a lot of the tournaments that we play in, we don't even play the format. We you know there'd be like one best ball of two, and we're like, nope, we're just going to play a scramble. We realize we take ourselves out of the tournament the minute that we play scramble mm-hmm. but we're there for the charity and we're there to donate to the cause and we are one of the very few women's groups but we make it work for us so i think mm-hmm. you know another message is you don't have to really play by the rules you can make it you can make your own
3: oh this is where i love this part of the
0: conversation
2: i
3: work with you know uh, uh, bring a friend and bring your foursome with the ladies every single day and the first thing i talk about is rules we don't need no thinking rules <laughs> right john <laughs> Yeah. because there's some of the rules that they that are prohibitive and the women are rule followers and then they start to go, oh, I'm not allowed to do this. I'm not allowed to do that." I'm like, no, no, no. We're here to have fun now. Mm-hmm. Let's take this rule book and ignore all of this. What would we do to play more golf and have more fun? We wouldn't use this book. We do our own version of what we want to do. Like, it's okay to put a tee down in the fairway. You don't have to hit every ball off the ground. I deal with a lot of the beginner ladies, and what they're looking for is a smile on their face. So in these groups that I do, it's all infotainment all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about, like, even the rules of equipment. There's even times where I'll take the, uh, a set of clubs, and I'll send somebody. I've got a lady set. I've got a junior set. I've got a senior set. Of clubs that are perimeter weighted, regular flex, lightweight clubs that all have training grips on them. Mm. And because of that, they instantly get to go to the golf course with something. So, what I had to do with the golf bag, because all those training grips are really fat, I had to take all the dividers out of the bag and just basically make it a big <laughs> hole. Right. Right. They're all having fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's they're, so good. They're sharing the clubs. They're having a good time. They're getting it better because they get to use a tee and they get to have a training grip on there. And the rule book says you're not allowed to do that. But my rule book says we're going
0: to do that because you're going to have a smile on your face when you're done. And they're playing more golf. I was going to say, we we will yeah. never play golf with a rule book written by people who have never smiled in their lives.
2: <laughs> they did something really nice at Shooting Star this summer, Ben Polland and his amazing staff. So I was there when they had a ladies member guest and they had two flights. They had kind of the competitive flight, and then they had what was called the champagne flight, which I just loved the whole name. And the champagne flight, they played, I think they played like a two-person scramble, but they didn't even turn in a score. There was no competition. And there were women that would have never have played otherwise that I'm like, listen, go play, you know, play in the champagne flight. And that you're like, oh. You know, they're like, yeah, I could do that. And a lot of women really put themselves out there and played in the, it was a two day tournament they played, but they didn't have to turn in a score. And that was, I was so impressed with kind of what they did because everybody played, you could kind of choose your level of competition or not. And it was very inclusive. They, They did it. The staff did an amazing job.
3: Yeah. I have seen that in one other place. Eagle Springs did it in their member member tournament last year. They haven't done it yet this year, but they had this non-competitive flight, and interestingly enough, they had a scoreboard, but the score wasn't numbers. It was little smiley faces, and at <laughs> the end of every nine holes, they put a total of that in bottles on the scoreboard. <laughs> okay, I like that. Like, okay, this
1: is good.
3: How much because was consumed? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So perfect. Out, I'd like to, I'd like to play in that.
3: And they they played and that was the goal is to have as many smiley faces on the card. And then they played nine holes, came in, had lunch and went out and played another nine holes.
1: Mm-hmm. So and much, the so second
3: much. nine holes, they seemed to be a lot more smiles on the card because I think that they were having mimosas or something else was going on, <laughs> right? Yeah. Something else was going on there at lunch. <laughs>
0: We had
2: we had so a scramble here in show, town.
0: Yeah. Played a scramble here in town. that had bourbon slushies. Oh, that sounds uh-huh.
2: horrible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it wasn't horrible. I'll have yours, Kelly. <laughs>
2: okay, you can. Yeah, I'll stick yeah. with the champagne and mimosas.
0: It, it was it was yeah. difficult to uh, finish the last. Oh, I don't know, thirteen <laughs> holes. I think it was, but no. uh, same shameless self promotion part of the uh, show here, Kelly. Where where are you at? How can people see you, listen to some of the stuff you've done on golf.com and all that kind of good stuff?
2: Yeah, I'm down here in South Florida for the winter, and I think the easiest place to find me is on my website, kelly, K-E-L-L-I-E, kellystenzelgolf.com. And I also write for golf.com, so if they want to just kind of look at some of the articles, but I'd love to have them come down and bring some students, and we'll put to the, put together a golf school. And I also I have two full-length instructional videos on amazon prime for women in particular oh, okay. a full swing to last a lifetime and a short game to lower your scores so you know i'm happy to help anybody in any way that i can
0: fantastic and how much longer are you going to be in a uh, beautiful mountainous colorado mr jeff i get back to indiana early october and i'll spend
3: um i'll spend three weeks teaching there and uh kind of reconnecting with my wife because mm. it's just been, you know, four months with, <laughs> of her just coming out to visit for a few days. It's a little mm-hmm. different. Um, I'll be in Indiana for for three weeks, and then I'm going to roll down to um, to Naples, Florida, and I'm uh, going to be back and forth there. I'll be at Bonita Bay, and yeah. um, it, it's a nice place. There's an awful lot of people there. I'm sure I'll be very busy, mm-hmm. and um, I might yeah. take a day off and go over and visit Kelly for a day because – a handful of hour drive straight across the state,
0: and might get me a different view of the world. Yeah,
2: yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, if you we were sure. able to go golf school, that'd be fun. There are a few people that. who
0: play golf in Florida in the winter time.
2: Yeah, there's a couple coming.
0: From what I understand. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. not one of them. Florida's
2: good. <laughs> what the heck?
0: <laughs> so what's what's on tap for you guys? I mean, how how you looking? We've got like a minute left. It, is do you do you see that maybe more people are getting interested? More people, younger people, are getting interested. Or do you see any 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 kind of uh, things, predictions you can make about stuff like that?
2: I think the COVID people will stay because the barrier to entry is so great. So everybody that moved down to Florida and stayed, there's no real estate to buy, there's no real estate to rent. The private schools are full. <laughs> They're go, and they took up golf. And they stay realize, home. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, it's great. So they'll the COVID people will stay because they really are in, and the entry, the barrier to entry is great. Yeah. I also think you know you're seeing a lot of these simulators and top golfs and par three courses. You know, we have a threes concept in Greenville, South Carolina. I think you're seeing golf become much more accessible. And I think you're going to see like this younger audience continue to engage in that part of the business to start. But I think that's going to really spur the interest to kind of learn. So I continue to predict there's going to be a lot of growth in golf.
0: Let's hope so. So uh, all I can say is, listen, check out a Jeff, check out a Kelly, check out anybody that's in your area so you can be better because it's a lot more fun to be better the next time you go out to play some golf.